0: Welcome to the I Love Alt Mortgages podcast, brought to you by Home Trust. And now, your host, Brennan Tranuth. Hey, broker nation, Brennan Trenuth here from Home Trust. For this episode, we are throwing it back to our 21st episode with Deborah Craig. In the current mortgage landscape where it feels like things are changing quickly, Deborah brought some great insight on how to embrace new policies, guidelines, and rules as a broker. Deb also shared with us one of her favorite stories, which is also one of our favorite stories that she had with a client about rate and how she was able to explain in a simple way why rate isn't one size fits all. With interest rates continuing to climb, now more than ever, she reminds us to focus on what's important, which is finding the right solution for your client. Hey Broker Nation, you are listening to I Love Vault Mortgages. I am your host, Brennan Trenuth, and with me today is Deborah Craig from TMG The Mortgage Group. Deborah, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Ah, Thanks, Brennan. It's been an honour and thank you for inviting me. I uh, was looking forward to
0: it, so I thank you. Yeah, no problem. So how have you been? I know we haven't seen each other in a very long time. I know a lot of things are happening in the world right now, but how have you been? You've been keeping well? And I
1: think he's been well, you know, it's been a challenging couple of years, but you have to always look forward. And that's why our feet point in that direction. Right. So yeah. it's been tough. It's been tough on many clients, but I think we're in the best industry and I think we're in the best profession to help people.
0: So absolutely. I yeah. agree. With but you all's there. Good, my
1: family's been well.
0: Perfect. That's great to to hear. Glad to hear that. So what we like to do at the beginning is try and, you know, introduce the guest a little bit. So if you want to just, you know, give us a little bit of background about yourself, how long you've been in the industry, kind of what your role has been so far in that journey for you.
1: Oh my goodness. I'm going to age myself here, (laughs) but I've been in this mortgage industry since 2008. But prior to that, I was a senior manager with a major financial institution for over 25 years. So, Mm -hmm. Combined, it's been almost 40 years. So um, I tell people I've earned these wrinkles. Um, But, you know, I've enjoyed it. I left the bank in a happy place. They afforded me the opportunity to do what I can do now. And all those learnings have helped me thrive in this business. So it got to the point, though, after, you know, 25 years, I was working 60 hours a week. And I thought, you know what, if I'm going to work this hard and care this much, I want to be in my own business. I want to control my own destiny so that's what led me to uh, mortgage brokering
0: wow that's a great story and obviously a big history there within the industry so since 2008 you've been in the mortgage industry per se what have you kind of noticed that has changed about your work from you know starting out in 2008 to kind of like now
1: there's been a lot of changes you know when I left the bank it was in 2008 in a recession and people said to me you know you're leaving in a recession like oh my goodness I said you know what I didn't look at that as something I worried about because I felt that I could help people in the A space in terms of traditional mortgages, but I felt that I'd have an opportunity to help those that struggled. So, you know, I always say to people, I help people finance their dreams, but I also help people get rid of their nightmares. So it's been a journey and, oh my gosh, there's been so many things that have changed over the years, rules and guidelines and policies. And you know, product, but, you know, we have to accept it because it's our jobs to embrace it and provide those options to our clients. So those things I don't really get too hung up on. I just try to find ways to embrace it and go about it in a positive way. But the biggest change that I found for me personally has been in the last two years. I used to meet with every single client so I could look in their eyes and I felt that was the only way that was the only way I could connect with people but during COVID, oh my goodness like look at the technology look at the lenders and the partners what they've done to help our clients get through this with zoom and docusign it's been a real game changer for me and my clients and our professionals like our solicitors so that to me has been essential in order for us to be able to deliver the products and be able to connect with clients in the comfort of their own home right so When people say to me now, Deb, like COVID's, you know, winding down, Deb, you know, can I see you? And I said, well, you can. I can see you next week or I can talk to you tomorrow on Zoom. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, great. I mean, sometimes it freezes, but that's okay. It Mm -hmm. still allows us to connect with clients. And think about it. Clients Uh, uh, go to work, they come home and, you know, do they really want to get ready to go out to a meeting with their mortgage agent? Most people uh, are happy with the technology.
0: And if you felt like, you know, good feedback from your clients surrounding, you know, meeting over Zoom versus that face-to-face interaction, because I know a lot of people do like that face-to-face, but, you know, that's the reality that we're in. So was it like a struggle to get people on board with that or was everybody like, you know, we're in this pandemic, this is perfectly fine with me, we're going to get through it?
1: You know, in the beginning, it was tough, even for us, because, you know, Zoom was something new. But, you know, many clients, I think they fear because of the unknown. They think, oh, I don't know how to use it. So in the beginning, it was how do I use it? And how we position is, you know what, we want to do this Zoom, but we also want to do it because we want you to be able to connect with your families. Mm -hmm. And if you can get on Zoom and be comfortable with it, those people that you love and want to see and can't see, You'll find ways and you'll be comfortable and be able to do it on Zoom. So, you know, some people weren't comfortable, but after a few months, people adapt quickly to it. And, you know, we still get people that want to see us or have challenges. But for the most part, I don't know that it's ever going to come back 100%. I think most people like the technology.
0: Yeah, and you're starting to see too some businesses, you know, wanting to work from home or they're more accustomed to the technology piece of it. And maybe they're giving up office spaces and things like that, too. So it will be interesting to see, you know, over the next couple of years how that bounces back, if it does go back to 100 percent or not. I agree. I don't think it's going to be back 100 percent. And I think technology is here to you know, assist us moving forward. But aside from that technology piece, is there anything that you think is a real challenge in the mortgage industry right now?
1: What I see is the biggest challenge is, well, we know that the markets are just skyrocketed in terms of prices. So... I'm finding the biggest challenges with first-time homebuyers, young Canadians. I mean, these people have good paying jobs. They're paying a mortgage to somebody else as their landlord. So I think that's the biggest challenge that I'm finding together with the self-employed. I mean, the self-employed, those clients, some of them have been more heavily impacted by COVID. And I mean, they've got the CERB, but I don't even think we've seen the worst of it. I think in the next six months to a year we're going to have people that are going to need us and they're going to need that alternative space like home trust mm-hmm. where we can help them through some tough times still to come i think
0: and you mentioned you know first-time home buyers and obviously you know it seems to be a little bit more difficult for that sector to you know get into the housing market what have those conversations been like i'm assuming there have probably been a little bit difficult conversations about affordability in the current market that we're in. So I'm just wondering, you know, what that's been like on you. And then, you know, how do you manage that conversation that you have to have with those clients?
1: Well, those conversations are tough because even the ones that are looking to buy and you've had a pre-approval and you know their budget, you know, they go into offers and there's multiple offers and they lose out over and over again, you know, 13 tries. And now it's beyond some reach for many. So I'll give you an example of one client that I had not too long ago it was a personal support worker. And I'm always looking for ways to help and find a way. Not everybody has the bank of mom and dad or access to more money or 20% down. So with that client, I said, look, you know, maybe you have to find people that are in the same position as you, other personal support workers that need to find a place and maybe you go in at joint for the next five years, have a goal, go into a joint as if it was a family member. And at the end of the five years, you look and say, you want to buy me out? Or do we want to sell and buy something else? If they had done this five years ago, how much down payment would they have now? Mm -hmm. So there's ways to help them prepare and not lose hope because I never thought I'd be able to buy a home years ago. And you always can find a way, whether it's moving in, having your parents help. But there's always a way to help them find hope. And just if they are home and they are not paying rent, how to budget with them and how to look through their budget to see how much they can sock
0: away. Sure. I mean, I think that conversation that you had there with those clients really speaks to the volumes of how important it is to have a mortgage broker who can kind of think outside that box and, you know, possibly have a lender that can support you on the back end for those, you know, solutions that you're coming up with for those clients. I know that you've been busy building out your own team at TMG. Just wondering, you know, there's other brokers that listen to the podcast that, you know, maybe thinking about, you know, building out their team, opening up a brokerage, things like that. I'm just wondering what's your approach to building out your team? What are you looking for when you're building it?
1: Well, my approach is pretty simple. I want to be that mortgage agent or the broker or the leader that others aspire to be. So, you know, you have to hold yourself at high standards to be able to have people that want to join your team or join your group or learn from you. So mentorship and commitment to developing others and holding them accountable to their own personal development growth is key. They have to invest in themselves, too. And I mean, I left I was with another broker for oh my gosh, over 10 years. And I didn't leave them because I wasn't happy. I just needed to be happier in terms of technology and marketing and all of those pieces. So it's important. It helps. Like having those tools available, it's important. Technology and instant access to things is key to being successful. And I doubled my volume in one year. So there was nothing wrong with the brokerage I was with. And I tell people when they ask me why I left, I explain it quite simple, especially to young people like yourself i will say, you know, I have an iPhone, but this year I wanted a new iPhone. There was nothing wrong with the old phone. Yeah. I just wanted better technology and that's how I present it to people. And I expect a lot, I'm hard on people in terms of their learning and development, but this isn't an easy industry and it's not a quick learning. And I call them SMEs, subject matter experts. We are in the best industry to provide the best products to our clients. But you have to learn and grow and continue growing every day. And you're only an expert today because things change tomorrow,
0: right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that kind of leads into my next question on, you know, how would you define the service that your team offers clients? And obviously, technology would play a big piece in that, I would assume.
1: We put our clients first. I always say to people, the way to stop your phone from ringing is to pick it up. So you have to be available. And sometimes you have to manage clients' expectation. But when we've got a client, especially a first-time homebuyer, Going in with a new purchase, we simply say to them, You're already set. We're detailed. When you're ready to go in with that offer, just text us. We'll be available so that if they need to go up 10 or 20,000, we're available. But right. the client that needs to be refinancing, maybe you can kind of say, You know what? Show them they're important, but put it off to maybe a Monday. But we just make sure the client's first, we're professional, we're efficient details for details right up front. We want all of your details so we can provide the best outcome and the best product. It's not always about rate. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the first default question a client will ask you. What's your best rate and what's your prepayment privilege? And nobody really prepays their mortgage. And the rate, that's a wide open question. So it's what rate you think they'll tolerate and what rate can they actually get. So I always say to people, you know, I have that rate. I just don't know if you can get that rate too. So these are the details I need. So it's about the relationship we have with our clients and, you know, it's provided a great career for me.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, it's interesting that, I mean, everyone always brings up the rate piece of everything as well. Obviously it's a hot topic, but At the end of the day, it's not always about the rate. And in the example that you gave earlier, too, where, you know, the affordability isn't really there in the current situation, but you provided a solution. At that point, if you can still get it done at that solution, the rate should be, you know, second to that solution service. So can I share a little story? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so (laughs) about
1: rate, because I tell this to everybody that wants to listen. So several years ago, one of my clients who's been a client with me for now for over 10 years, he was referred to me and he called, he said, First things out of his mouth was, what's your best rate? And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're always taken aback. And I said, well, Mm -hmm. this, that, and the other rate. And he said, oh, well, you know, I was told this rate. And I said, can I just ask you what you do for a living? Mm -hmm. Because I wanted to determine if he was self-employed. And he was a window installer. So I said, oh, that's amazing. Like, you know, chit-chat for a little bit. And I said, you know, that's amazing because I have 10 windows I need redone. (laughs) And he said, oh, I said, can you give me a quote? And he said, well, I'd have to come out and see them. I said, wow, are all windows the same size? And he mm-hmm. said to me, touche. And from that point on, I've had that client wow. forever. So, you know, is it about rate?
0: No. That's an awesome story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I definitely like that one. I'm definitely going to use that one day too. I was also, obviously you have social media, you have a website as well. And I noticed on your website that it says, think outside the branch. And obviously, you know, you came from that side as well. So what role do you think that the bank branches play in this current market? And why do you like to operate outside of that box?
1: Well, banks do have a key role in this and we need our banks because that's where we get most of our money and Mm -hmm. funds from, right? So they do play an important role. However, one size doesn't fit all, right? And more and more people, you know, I always say when the bank says no, know that we're available and provide options and great options. So the banks do play a key role, but they can't help everyone. Those clients that were eight clients before, they're not going to alternative lenders because they have poor credit. They're going there because they don't fit the traditional mold anymore. You know, they tax manage their earnings. So... We can help those clients, and you know we have our banks, but we have our alternative sources too. And you know what? The rates are almost the same. Right. So yeah. you know that one percent fee that money lenders charge. Would you rather pay one percent fee and the same rate or a little higher? Would you rather pay seventeen percent more in income tax to be able to show more income? So I never have a problem packaging it up because sure, you can always sure. find a way to save them money.
0: So, what would you say on a percentage base if you have a rough estimate? How much of your business is alternative?
1: Oh my gosh, I would say last year I was in excess of combining sixty million. Okay, you know I've been doing this a long time. Yeah, I would say between thirteen and fourteen million was alternative volume. So it's a big piece of it, right? For sure. Yeah. And and that client often comes back to you every one to two years Mm -hmm. versus a traditional mortgage where you might see them every three to five years.
0: Absolutely. So what are some key factors that you look for in a lender when you're deciding you know, where to send that alternative deal?
1: For me, relationship, relationship, relationship. I want to know that I can pick up the phone and I can get either the BDM to talk about the deal. Long gone are the days where you can just send it in. You need to talk about the deal. Common sense lending. Home trust, I have to say, has been with me since 2008. And we've helped many, many, many clients. So, you know, Upfront, tell the real story. Uh, we have A lenders. Don't try to fit a, a round hole into a square peg. When you're talking to your B lenders, like Home Trust, they're common sense. There's flexibility. But I've had deals where the TDS has been 500%, 1,000% non-conforming. If it makes sense, you know they're going to be there for you. I position it this way. I'm the first underwriter. So if you, as a lender, have more questions than I have answers, the outcome isn't going to be that great. But if I've already done my homework and really understand where the client is and where they're going, you're going to have a B lender or a home trust that stands by and be able to help that client through it. So that client that was at 500 percent, it was an interim thing that he had. And he's actually probably still with home
0: trust the last we spoke because
1: he had no reason to leave.
0: Right. I mean, that's a great example there that you talk about, you know, it really does come down to knowing the client, asking the right questions, you know, in your scenario there, possibly somebody else may have just thought that's a private deal all day long, but perhaps you asked a few more questions, were able to understand that situation a little bit more package it appropriately, have that conversation with maybe your BDM at the time or an underwriter at the time. And, you know, ultimately we were able to help that client out with an alternative solution and, you know, maybe at a lower rate than they would have got or a lower fee than they would have got as well. I'm just wondering if you have any other deal scenarios or stories where it really exemplifies, you know, your understanding of the alt space and where a lender really came through.
1: Well, I could give you several from Home Trust. I could be here all day. But recently, we had a client that was affected early on in 2020 due to COVID. He was laid off. And, you know, his debts were piling up, the stress, the burden of those expenses. He was in a bad way. And he was offered a private from somebody else. And, and, you know, through a referral... We get a lot of referrals from lawyers. Like I have several lawyers that refer to us and that's hard to get a lawyer, but they trust that we're going to look at the best option for our client and not think about what that's going to put into our pockets, right? Mm -hmm. This client, we were able to take him to home trust and he had a return to work date for um, his job and home trust was able to help him. So can you imagine the relief this brought to him and his family? It was a huge relief. I had another situation where I had a client that purchased a home just in the onset of COVID that was a barber. And, you know, they were in a bad way because now their shop was closed and home trust was there. I mean, they had a sufficient equity and you know, they were there to help them. They didn't turn their way and say, you know what, that's the biggest risk right now with barber. I always say one year is not your career. And COVID Mm -hmm. is something that we've never had to deal with. But I'll tell you, home trust stepped up. And for many of these clients, I mean. You know they needed that help and think about the equity they have in their homes think about the burden that was removed from many of these clients i can tell stories over and over about the impact that alternative space has on lenders and um, it's been an incredible journey and thank god we have them there right
0: Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, obviously it really exemplifies your dedication to the industry, consistent learning, and obviously, you know, your partnership with us at Home Trust, your BDMs, underwriters, and everything in between there. So a big thank you for sharing that. My last question to you would be, is there a really good life lesson that you've learned in your career that you would like to share? Life
1: lesson, balance, balance, balance. I mean, I'm not good at this, man. I tell everybody, oh, work-life balance. Try to get some sleep once in a while. I mean, you know, pace yourself and look after yourself first because you're no good to your clients Mm -hmm. if you can't be on your game and get the rest you need. So I'm not always good at that. I preach it, but I'm not always good at that. And I have to get better at that. But I would say that for me.
0: It's great messaging. Everybody needs to take a little bit more care of themselves, especially in this industry. I know there's a lot of burnout that happens and, you know, we're pretty much on 24-7. So make sure you do take care of yourself. So that's a great life lesson there that you've shared. So thank you very much. Is there anything else that you would like to mention or talk about? I'd just like to say to all those people that are maybe starting out or
1: been in this business a while. You know, it's hard in the beginning for many, but just stay on track. Don't try to figure out what money you're going to earn. Earn the trust of the people and the connections you make. You'll find you'll thrive in this business and the resources available, your lenders, the people in this industry. There's lots of people on Facebook. And if anybody's having a struggle with trying to get a deal in or just conversations, call me. I'd be happy to help anybody through a tough discussion. That's what we do, right? We're here to help people. And there's enough
0: business to go around absolutely oh that's amazing thank you very much for sharing that and i want to thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today a lot of great information that you've provided here you know thank you for your support of home trust we truly appreciate it thank you for being a great advocate of ours wishing you all the best in 2022 hopefully it's not as crazy as the past couple years but you know wishing you all the best and if you ever need anything you know let us know for sure
1: thanks brendan appreciate your support and partnership anytime
0: Thanks for joining us today on I Love All Mortgages. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.